Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle, and normally uh, I'm joined with a co-host named Alex Good, but uh, he was running a little late, so I think I'm just I'm just going to do the intro by myself. Um, give, just give me a second to think of something. Um, Alex, do you got anything? Uh, Alex? Sorry, I'm running late. Uh, can you give me a couple more minutes? Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Um, is it okay if we leave all this in the podcast? Sure, why not, dude? Yeah, okay. Uh, do you think you could test your Do you think you could test your levels for me? Sure. I'm so much better than Craig. 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 I'm s- no, I'm I'm so much better than Craig. I'm so much better than I think I'm good, man. Okay, okay. Uh, can we do a clap sync real quick? Uh, sure. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, that one sounded off. Uh, that that one was kind of off. Let's try it again. Are you ready? One, two, three. Okay, see that one was off again. Are you are you going early or am I coming in late? I think you're always late. Um, well, nice of you to finally join us. Nope, a couple more minutes. No, what? A couple was, more minutes? I, I was gonna go do my thing, but you had me here testing my mic. So. Oh, okay, okay. So while Alex is gone finishing his own thing, I just want to say, um, hey. Uh, for anyone that's like been listening to this whole uh, franchise marathon thing, uh, we appreciate you sticking through it. I know that uh, <laughs> we've it's been a little bit of a challenge for us, but if you like these type of marathon podcasts, um, you know, listen to our bonus episodes. That that's pretty much exclusively that is marathon episodes. Um, but just a reminder that give me a second, at- mom. No, uh, just re- no, see, uh, no. See, see, audience, what you don't understand is once an episode, Why? Alex's mom uh, bursts into the recording don't, room and causes a big come in scene. Here. I'm recording. Normally, normally we cut it, but Jeez, this time it sounds stop. like we're gonna have leave to. Me alone. We're probably gonna have to leave it in this time because it's I don't just, care. It's taking up so much care. time, and we're on a time leave. limit. We have to get this episode done pretty good? quick, and. Like stop, it's just taking stop. up so much, what and it's at doing? the beginning too. Like we Mom, can't just like cut. Mic. We this can't is my mic. Stop it. Just stop. ignore so hey, much of the podcast at the beginning. Will you cut it out? That would be disorienting for you, good. and it would be disorienting Lee. for me. So I just want to say I apologize on behalf of Alex okay, and his chill. mom. All right, I'll and, do it. Fine. And after, please. And hopefully Later? this will be the scene will be over Later? soon, and we can just get on with minutes. the podcast. Okay. Good grief, dude. Sorry about that. My mom's freaking worse. No, it's okay. It's okay. I just, I didn't, she normally comes in and around like the end of the movie segment. So it's easier to cut around, but like, is she, do we have to get her to sign like an NDA? Like, is she? No, I think we're good. Good grief, dude. Women. (laughs) Freaking cis white women, dude. Yeah. Can't live with them. And that's it. You just can't live with them. And that's it, dude. Holy smokes, bro. Biggest mistake my dad ever did. Well, since this is the energy we're bringing to the show, do you want to hop into the movie segment? Sure, bro. Let's do it. (laughs) F9, the Fast Saga. Why it's called the Fast Saga for one movie? Good freaking question. (laughs) This is our last movie in our Fast and Furious binge watch. Uh, (laughs) uh, We will be doing a non-spoiler section followed by a full spoiler section. So if you want to get like a gist of the movie... 
uh, we'll give you two separate time. Or we'll give you the time code at two separate points if you wanted to listen to the non-spoiler section. Um, it's been a long, dare I say, it's been a long quarter mile getting here, and that was my, so. Cut that out. Hey, Craig, in the future, <laughs> cut that out. My emotions are so conflicted going into this, but let's get it done. If you want to skip the entire movie segment and move on to the improv segment, your time code will be as follows. Time code 4420. I feel like F9 is the worst movie to jump into the franchise. Like, we talked during uh, Furious 7 where that was a lot of people's entry point into the franchise. Mm-hmm. F9 is not it. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, if you're thinking, hey, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie before. Should F9 be the one I jump in on? No. No, nope. actually. Dude, because this here's is why. the 10th movie. This, this is 10th. Th- and sometimes when a movie runs for this long, eventually they cycle and like, you can jump in at a different point and not miss too much. This movie uses literally every character that they've introduced so far, except for like Jesse and uh And Vince. people who are dead in real life. Those yeah. are the only exceptions. <laughs> You're dead well, in real actually, life. Not e- actually, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> They're involved. They somehow managed to make dead actors involved in this movie. But... um. I think it is safe to say that this movie is the most buck wild of them all. Um, I I think so. But the thing is, is this movie does buck wild better than less buck wild movies. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, dude, the fact that we watched this is the 10th movie we've seen. Yeah. That's um, a lot, dude. It's, and- it's a lot. So this movie focuses a lot on... So the basic premise of this movie is uh, we find out that uh, Dom and Mia have another brother uh, named Jacob, who is played by John Cena. And a lot of this movie is like flipping back and forth between Dom and Jacob's past and what's going on in the present. Uh, If you wanted to see about Mia's past, you are SOL because she is not involved (laughs) Um, at all. And and so we start the movie starts with um, us seeing uh, the Toretto father die in the race act in the racing accident that's been alluded to this entire franchise. We finally get to see that scene happen and we kind of just it's the the drop that starts the feud between Dom and Jacob and how it escalates into uh planetary spy espionage yeah pretty much which by the way after dude they get to a certain point in this series that the world has to be at stake at every single time and the past four movies have been like that is the world's at stake okay yeah and 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 roman even says that at some point we'll talk about this more i think in the spoiler section but there's a part where roman's like guys (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) yeah um dude it's it's wild i'm so glad though we get to see there's been something that's been alluded to this entire time which is uh vin diesel's character dom if you don't know vin diesel's character's name is dom by the way and we're this deep in (laughs) where have you been um dom beats a guy within an inch of his life with a wrench and it's been alluded to 
multiple times throughout the series and we get to essentially watch it happen in a flashback and i'm like this is amazing closure i think the writers finally got together and like let's watch all the movies right where does stuff logically fit in what have we missed what is stuff that's been alluded to that they never saw and i where does stuff logically where does stuff logically fit in and how can we do literally all of it yes and they're like all right everyone's pretty still pretty salty about the whole tokyo drift thing let's bring that back let's keep referencing that more and more and more let's talk about (laughs) people who've died like giselle let's talk about brian more let's and in the previous like in the movie uh furious eight or fast eight or whatever movie fate of the the furious you know the 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 name scheme bro come on (laughs) (laughs) and in that one they're just like ignore so much um and this are like no we're gonna not ignore anything also this movie reminds me of how like new characters this this series is so long that new characters are not old characters mr yeah. nobody is in like freaking five movies now and i'm like mm-hmm. oh he's an old character now yeah but you could definitely tell i feel like this movie was written to be shot in a covid era because kurt russell and um helen mirren the two oldest people in this movie just they conveniently have scenes where they're only with one other person at a time or they're only talking through video call and i'm like you know i see it and i respect it yeah i like that totally i I love it most of these scenes are broken up so like there was there's partners that went out to go do certain parts of their mission one-on-one stuff dude to be honest this movie's pretty good it's better than definitely better than eight. Eight was whack, and I hate Hobson Shaw. So it was better than both of those. Easy, uh, yeah, for it's sure. Better than the third Tokyo Drift, which we all know is trash. Now they've referenced it so much. I'm thinking, was it really that bad? I know, dude. I'm having the exact same problem. I'm like, they talk about Tokyo Drift so much. I must not have given this movie a fair shake. Because a lot of people are like, it's not even canon. But now they've talked about so much. Yes, it is. Now it is. Because. At the time I it came out, my water. Don't ignore at, yeah. That. At the time it came out, everyone's like, "This that movie could have been a spinoff, like Hobbs and Shaw." It doesn't matter. But now it's referenced so much; it's now it it is canon now, and you need to have watched that kind of to know why it's important. Also, the timeline is still whack. Um, also, I want to know. Okay, so Han gets brought back, which is not a spoiler because he's in the poster. Okay. He's in the and poster. I, he's in the trailer. I Every hate that. news media that's following the movie do, has done like an interview with him. Sorry, hate to break it to you. I I hate that though. This is ap- and there's a bunch of cameos. Uh, Cardi B has a cameo in it. Um, yeah. Uh, MMA fighter uh, Francis Ngannou has a cameo in this. Um, um it, Charlize Theron feels like a cameo because she's not important. <laughs> Right. Um, characters from the third movie, like Bow Wow. Uh, uh, this movie. Michael Rooker has a cameo in it. Dude, a guy named Stasiak, real name. <laughs> Shay Wingham is in this movie. Yeah. So, so basically the thing is this movie, I think, is the quintessential Fast and Furious movie. And what I mean by that is they use every aspect of it like when i say they bring back every character that's not jesse and vince i mean it dude they don't bring back the shaw brothers purely because shaw just did a movie but they're like we have to include their mom yeah 
So this is also, by the way, I went and saw this. Obviously, we both saw this in theaters. Um, there were people behind me who I know for a fact started the the series at seven. Oh, because wow. a bunch of people were coming up. I'm like, oh, bro, they brought this guy back, and they're like, who is this guy? Everyone from Tokyo Drift didn't care. No one knew yeah. that was. Um, Han, who dies in the sixth one, beginning of officially, the seventh. Officially, yes. Officially the sixth one, yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't know he was dead. So when yeah. he came back, there was the, the theater was silent. And I'm like, what? <laughs> By the way, he's incredible. Um, Gal Gadot, they have a flashback. People didn't know she was in the previous movies. They're like, what, gals in this? I'm like, what? <laughs> also, I just want to say, I, this is not spoiler to say, if you're seeing this movie for Han, don't. Hey, change your expectations. Yeah. Change your expectations. This is not a Han movie. This is not about like being around Han. He is literally just added to the cast. Like, um, it, it's nothing. Yeah. Sherry's Theron, bro, people didn't know. who Most people have no idea what's going on in this movie they watched it for the action which was pretty good well done yeah. but at the same time they're like who what's um, going on there is one thing i do want to say though mm-hmm. yo we we shattered the women quota for this movie i was so impressed i was thinking that as i was watching this i'm like well there's a lot of women on screen so there's a lot of women we got letty we got mia we got ramsey we got cypher and then Han brings another woman to to the team whose name is L, and like we got five women in the main cast. What? It's pretty impressive. Listen, dude, when you expect three and you see five, I was very impressed. I'm yeah. also thinking they're like we're gonna get a lot of flack if we keep this so male heavy. <laughs> we're nine movies in. This is gonna be the tenth movie. If we don't turn it around on the tenth movie, <laughs> there's no um, hope for us. Gail Simone, who is um, a comic book writer, put uh, tweeted out that that Fast and Furious has done more for diversity in cinema than almost any other movie or franchise. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, dude. The fact that they've had black people in every single movie. Granted, they're not incredible roles, but they are roles <laughs> and there are women in every movie. Not incredible roles. But there are roles. The American character, Dominic Toretto, is supposed to be Hispanic. He's so obviously not. But he's supposed to be. And there are a lot of Spanish speakers. We have also um, Asian influences on these movies. We have a movie straight up that takes place in Tokyo. Pretty impressive. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that the majority of these movies now has now been directed by um, someone of Asian descent. Yeah. Which, you know, is not something that pretty much any franchise can say. So, you know what? It's pretty good. Say yeah. what you will. There's a lot of... Dwayne is in these movies. We got some Brits in these movies. We got a lot going on. <laughs> you know what, Alex? You're right. That's what most movies are missing on their diversity panel is they don't have enough British people there. Yes. But the my favorite thing is we don't have British people playing Americans. Most of these people. True, except true, true. I mean, we do actually have one. Um, so, in the flashbacks... Yum, John Cena is played by a guy named Finn Cole. You might know him as uh, uh, Michael Gray from Peaky Blinders, which is uh, where I recognize him from. He's also, <laughs> actually from London and playing an American. So um, we've talked a lot and haven't given like we've been given semblances of opinions. But like the general gist of this movie 
is it's stupid it's buck wild it is like off the chain crazy but like the story is still not bad as far as like fast and furious movies go i was more okay with this story than like fate of the furious here's the thing i'm comparing this movie to fate of the furious because this is what it had to correct yeah it doesn't really there's no through line between um hobbs and shaw in this movie it goes straight from basically eight to this they don't even mention ha they don't even mention luke do you know what i realized looking at the trivia for this um dwayne johnson had a falling out with vin diesel and tyrese gibson had a falling out with um dwayne so tyrese who plays roman um was like i'm not doing this movie if the rock's in it and the rock's like i don't want to do this movie anyway i just did my own spinoff i don't want to do this movie and vin diesel and him had a falling out so i don't know if they're gonna do any more movies together which honestly i'm not like my heart does not break for that concept yeah i mean it just means we're gonna have a hobbs and shaw 2 which we already knew was gonna happen and that hobbs won't be in the future fast and furious movies and thank god there's gonna be more because now i'm an addict (laughs) yeah Uh, so this is definitely a movie to see in theaters i think uh if you're invested if you're invested in the franchise like i said do not watch this movie if you have not seen the earlier movies yeah do not start here do not do it if you want to start late you can probably get away with five four or five um yeah there's that, enough yeah, flashbacks you definitely do five. to three, and the flashbacks are better than the real movie. So if you absolutely needed the time, you could start with six, but like, yeah, where's would, the fun in that? I would do four or five. Prob- five is the best movie. Skip four. It's not very good. But four does have Shaw in it. So four or five, right? Skips Hobbs. Skip Hobbs and Shaw. So four, five, six, seven, eight, and this. So I Which realize that we just movies. gave you, uh, we know that we just gave you about 14 hours of homework if this is your first time joining us. We normally don't do this. Um, so with that being said, let's jump into spoilers. Let's Ready? Yep. So if you want to uh, skip the spoiler section, here's your time code to do so right now. Time code 4420. Um, I had a fun stinger to start this with and I've already forgotten it. So what do oh, you think hey, about, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, uh, I don't know what happens between like age 20 and age 45. How did Jacob grow an extra six inches? Oh, I, I wasn't <laughs> upset about that. I was fact because um, Cypher brings up like, you got a hell of a chin, dude. Like I didn't see oh, Nordic yeah, descent yeah. coming in this. I'm like, yeah, me either. Different moms. What's <laughs> happening? These guys look nothing alike. Yeah. Like, at all. Even as kids, when they do flashbacks, they look nothing alike. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, also, this movie, I think, knew that everybody knew that there was a brother aspect to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it kind of played with us in the beginning a little bit. Because did you think, did you think that the person in the car was Dom's brother? Yes. At first, yep. yeah, same, same. So because we went into this movie knowing, okay, John Cena is. Uh, Vin Diesel's brother. We're, we are obviously in a flashback scene. We don't recognize this person. Probably a young John Cena's character, a young Jacob. Oh, no, yeah. it, it was their dad. Yep. Um, also, props on finding a young Vin Diesel. They pulled it off somehow. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't I, perfect, but also, I, how does it, anyone find a young Vin Diesel? Yeah. This guy's sure, been old sure. my entire life. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I think I did have a thing though. Like this movie takes the flashbacks take place. I feel like pretty close to the beginning of the franchise. So 1989. So what happens in 10 years, 11 years that makes Vin Diesel, that makes Dom go from that to Vin Diesel? I bro, couldn't tell you. Could not tell you. But dude, I was, I, I love the flashbacks because now they make sense. Like yeah. I said, getting to watch, you know, Vin Diesel, getting to watch Dom beat somebody up with a wrench. I'm like, this makes sense. I get it kind of there were two things that were missing from the flashback sequences because we get a lot we get him beating the guy up we get him doing time we Mm -hmm. get him meeting the explosion brothers who have not been a part of this franchise for three movies the fact that they brought them back dude i love this dude this this movie connects the dots if you told me like vast and furious was based off books this movie is the (laughs) best explanation for that because they're like oh we're bringing it around but the two things that I wish that those flashbacks, because I'd be surprised if they did another flashback movie. So I feel like there were some missing things in these flashbacks. Like one, Mia, hello, where were you? You were, if she wasn't in the rest of the movie, I would get like, I could get away with it. It was but unnecessary, because, but they were just bringing in everybody. They were bringing but in But because everybody. adult Mia was in the rest of this movie, have her in the flashbacks too. There um, is a young Mia. Um, but it's it's, she's very, not like prominent. Very, very minor role. And the other thing is, I kind of wish we could have gotten a Dom and Letty beginning in that flashback as well. But I understand that that flashback was not about Dom; it was about Dom and Jacob. But I, I, it just would have been if we're connecting all these dots and flashbacks. Like, let's <laughs> let's not skip anything. Yeah, I think they could do that later if they want to go more into letty i think we've had enough movies about letty with the flashbacks having to relearn herself all that stuff they're like we probably don't need to go back into her first of all she doesn't remember anything so we'd only be doing vin diesel side stuff no she does remember stuff that's the whole point of the ending of furious 7 yeah but in this movie she's like i feel like i'm just getting to learn my like getting to know myself and then we decided to quit and I wanted to go back into it. And I'm like, are you still like having flashbacks and trying to remember everything? It's kind of convoluted, but it makes me think that like she's not all back yet. Um. Okay. So we so we do those initial flashbacks and then uh, the oh, first Oh, do you know why this movie is better? Um, why? Is, why? <laughs> they finally scrapped a writer. <laughs> oh, really? But okay. Like, hold yeah. on. Do, do you remember? Do you remember the two? Do you remember? Um, give me. It's like Chris is one of them. Oh, what's the other guy's name? It was another basic white dude name. Like, was it Andrew or Anthony? I don't know. Do you know give which one they cut? Was they got Chris? Chris. Chris is out of it. Oh, okay. Um, uh. and I'm like, oh, this movie's way better. Oh, Get was it Daniel rid of this Casey? Guy. Yeah. Okay, Daniel Casey's the other guy that stu- is the guy that stuck around. Um, so yeah, the first scene that we have in the present, uh, Dom and Letty are raising their young child, Brian, and then the squad shows up and they're like, Hey, we have another mission from Mr. From Mr. Nobody. It's a distress signal. We have to go help him out. And they're like, why would they send it to just us? And we're just like, cause you're the ones that are around, I guess. Cause you guys can't die. That's why. Um, yeah. And so they go uh, capture this uh, 
device that's one half of what's called the Ares Project, and they do this in a plane, in a crashed plane in Central America. Oh, it's Chris and, Morgan and Gary Scott Thompson. Continue. Okay. Uh, they crash. So they go to this crashed plane. They grab the device. Almost immediately after grabbing the device, they get attacked by military. Yeah. Or was this? It was military people? because it went down. Okay. In military. Area. Okay. Yeah. So first, so they just commit a war crime in the beginning of the movie. No big deal. Um. Uh. So they get this Ares device and. This is where we start get planting some seeds for something that I thought was going to pay off, but didn't. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> so there's a bit where Roman just gets shot a few times. and He's got bulletproof vests on, and he's surrounded by about 14 to 17 dudes. He grabs an ache. First of all, he falls through a roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lands on a guy. Grabs his gun. Aims up. And spins in a circle and shoots every single person. (laughs) That scene also had my least favorite action trope that this movie does frequently, which is guy running away and whole squad conveniently misses the entire time. I was like, there's no way to hold on like this. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Like, oh, is everybody just shooting at his feet? Yeah. And you just everybody knows exactly what we're talking about, too. Also happens with people on motorcycles all the time is you see bullets on either side of them. As they're driving away, happens in this movie as well. And so, what happens in this scene, the scene, the part that's like kind of important is there are some bullets that, correct me if I'm wrong, miss the bulletproof vest and like hit him in the shoulder or something and like rip up his jacket. Like that's kind of the crux of it. Is like he gets shot and his jacket like has the bullet holes on it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. And then there's another scene where Roman, where they're all driving away. They they have their piece and they're driving away. And they have to drive over a field of landmines. And, you know, through a course of events, Roman gets blown up. His uh, his vehicle gets into the air and lands in between two, like, rocks. And it's, like, slowly slipping down. And there's a landmine at the bottom. And so Roman kicks out the windshield, climbs down. And it runs away as the vehicle is falling and lands on the landmine. The vehicle gets propelled into the air again and lands what we assume is right on top of him. Right. And by the way, both times these happen, I'm like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. And we're I'm like, like oh, and we're it makes killing... it realize, like, oh, we're going to kill him. Yeah. Finally, and... there's stakes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so the vehicle lands what we assume is right on top of him. It cuts to Tej and Ramsey, I think. And then it cuts back to the vehicle. And Roman is literally just walking away from it. <clears throat> and Tej goes, dude, how did you survive that? You should or, definitely he, be dead. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, how, I think he says, how did you not die? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Roman literally does this exact reaction. Uh, and that's it. That's all I we get. He's, I, he's in shock. I'll, yeah. I'll give it to him like he's in shock. It was it was comedic. Tyrese Gibson, like they are, there does seem like something's missing now that Brian's gone from these movies, and it was very obvious in this. Oh, and that the Rock's gone. Like there's chemistry that's not there. So Tyrese, aka Roman, he is way funnier in this movie. Like yeah. way funnier. Ludacris is or Tej way funnier in this movie. Also forgot who Ramsey was until I saw her. And I'm like, oh yeah, Ramsey's in these movies. Yeah, yeah. She's one of those people that's did- new, but she's been in so many movies. Now she's old, and we can induce introduce new new people. Yeah, Andrew did not recognize Ramsey, 
<laughs> also, because he didn't watch Fate of the Furious, um, he did see the movie that she was introduced in. So, Andrew, come on, get it together. Um, but, uh, so they get this piece, and as they're driving away, uh, this is when we're introduced to Jacob, who basically, whatever, he steals it, and he drives off a cliff, gets picked up by a magnet plane, and goes off with this device. And this is where we get to what I'm going to call the beginning of the buck wildness, which is where Ramsey, Tej, and Roman drive across a bridge that collapses under them as they're driving. Oh my gosh. I saw this. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, and I knew it was going to happen too. Like we it's not it a happen. stable. It's one of those like flimsy um, temple of doom type bridges that they're driving over. And so <laughs> It's like they're the Flash that's like running on like using each piece of debris as a point of contact, except it's a car. Uh, (laughs) And then almost immediately after that, Vin Diesel still needs to cross the chasm that, you know, had a bridge on it. And so he drives into the post, hooks the uh, and the car gets hooked by one of the bridge supports. And does this like pendulum swing down the chasm and then back up onto the other side. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, And then, so basically they escape after that. Then they go to Mr. Nobody's like initial secret base or whatever. Uh, That's when they realize, okay, Jacob is a problem. We have to go figure this out. I mean, there's also a whole lot of uh, dude. There's so much. I don't want to go into the nitty gritty because this movie is long. It's almost two and a half hours. Yeah, and we can't break down every single plot point for you guys. It's wild. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the and magnets the, first of all everywhere. Magnets yeah. everywhere. So so I think so that was the beginning of the movie. Now we'll just kind of do some bullet points. We definitely need to talk about how they got to Han because holy crap, that was stupid. Oh my god, I. So it's Mia and Letty go to Tokyo to get to basically find Han because they find out he's alive. And the way they figure it out is Dom was sent a postcard of Mexico from Tokyo after Dom had died. Right. Was Uh, it after he died or after he got to Tokyo? um, It was one of the two. After his alleged death, he got Dom got a postcard. From Tokyo that had Mexico on it, I think. And he's like, I this is sounds fishy, so I'm just gonna wait till this comes up later. Yeah. You know. <laughs> eight years later, right? Yeah. Um, and so Mia and Letty are like They go to the address t- on the postcard, and then Letty says, Do you know the thing I like uh Han always said about Mexico? Is he goes, Mexico is the wild, wild west of America. So when you're trying to get away from America, you go to Mexico um and he goes that's how i feel about tokyo it's the wild wild west of japan or something and then they see a mexican flag inside i think that's that's the gist obviously we can't take explicit notes in the movie theater but that's pretty much it yeah that was the thing that frustrated me is like oh they found one mexican flag in a window i was thinking how funny it would be i'm like this (laughs) this city has 20 million people 20 million thank god none of them are hispanic 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank God none of them are Mexico fans. Thank God this wasn't filmed during the World Cup and everyone's rooting for Mexico. Because yeah. they just broke into a random dude's house. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we get introduced to L and they there's a fight scene, Han comes back, bada bing, bada boom, whatever. But we learn and so this is where we learn how Han survived, which is basically plot armor via Mr. Nobody. <laughs> uh He's like, yeah, Mr. Nobody saved me. He said he had a job for me. Um, you know, I stole the Ares project and I have the key with me, but that got me killed. And Mr. Nobody made it look like I died, basically, which I thought was super stupid. <laughs> Dude, the thing is, I'm like, I know when you try to bring everybody back. There's going to be stuff that you... Because now the thing is, is if you don't see them die, they're not dead. Yeah. And this was like, we saw a car that he was in blow up. We saw him upside down in a burning car. But we didn't see him take his last breath, so he's still alive. Yeah. So I, it was very much a, we want Han back. We'll make up some nonsense. Now Han is back. And it was a little lackluster. Yeah, um, it's because he's like he's such a big deal to people who've been watching this for so long that when we got him back, we wanted him to be important. He's really not that important. It's he's, he's important to the he's plot, not. but he's not important to the movie. Yeah. Um. Other important things. <laughs> we need to talk about the Ramsey driving scene because that was my favorite scene in the movie. I knew it was gonna be your favorite the whole time. Thinking, just let somebody else drive. You have a bunch of other people in the car. Just let somebody else drive. When yes. Vin Diesel gets in the car, I'm like, what oh, are yeah, we doing? Oh, yeah, for sure. That, I, I had the same thought, which was, like, obviously, like, Tej and Roman are in a fist fight in the back. Obviously, they can't drive. But once Vin Diesel gets in the car, I'd be like, all right, your turn, your turn. I will actually just get off here. I'll get out here. <laughs> um, Yeah, the joke of that whole scene is that Ramsey has never driven. She does not have her driver's license. She has not driven for the team before, but now she's the only one that can drive and tail this guy. Also, this is the scene that made me realize this movie has the most collateral damage this movie has ever, this franchise has ever had before. She runs into every car possible. And this yeah, truck yeah. also has industrial magnets, which are important for the rest of the movie. And she does this thing that I'm surprised didn't kill anybody, which was um, she was driving next to Jacob. Like, they oh were, my gosh yeah so ramsey was driving next to jacob they like jacob was trying to escape and they uh take a dividing road and there's a building separating the two of them she turns the magnet on and this car demolishes like 40 feet of this building <laughs> like absolute carnage and we're just like i guess we're okay with this yeah it was pretty crazy and the thing is everything we talked about so far it's in the first half of the movie. First half of the movie. Also, we've just like kind of in general, they go to space in this movie and like we haven't gotten to that yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's <laughs> we really can't go down this road of every single plot point. There's a million. Every By the way, guys, we go to like 12 different places. OK, we introduce yeah. every, if you've watched these movies, everybody's back. Small characters, big characters people from tokyo drift on mr nobody brian gets alluded to quite a few times by the way he's not participating in the last three save the world movies because he's babysitting <laughs> that's why 
in this movie, they're like, where are our kids? Don't worry. He's with Brian, essentially. And I'm like, oh, he can't help yeah, save well, the world because he's well, babysitting. I mean, Mia would be there, too. I think that Mia has a good excuse, which is this is her brother. Yeah, but also I'm like, you're out the game when the world's at stake. Does your kid matter that much? And apparently it freaking does, dude. Also, by the way, uh, of course they couldn't show him. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's just kind of crazy I, I, that they're still alluding to it. Yeah, I mean, actually, I appreciate it. I appreciate it because a lot of like TV shows will do a thing where they'll have an actor. Like, if the actor has to leave, they will just blacklist that character. Like, th- this is such a random pull, but Izzy from Grey's Anatomy got like basically kicked off the show but she and she just like wasn't talked about for 10 years um, yeah it's it's one of those things i'm like i'm glad they're still mentioning him i'm just like can we just can we kill brian and it sucks <laughs> it sucks but pretending like one of the best drivers in the entire world can't help save the world because he's off duty is making me salty yeah and and so talking about like major plot points, there's not a lot of them. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of action, and there are bits where like Charlie's Sh- Charlie's we haven't even mentioned the name the main antagonist yet. His name is Otto. He's the son of a dictator, and he's the one. He's basically Mister Nobody's antithesis. Like if Mister Nobody was evil, that's Otto. Um, it's he's not a good antagonist. I don't like him. Uh, he has this weird chemistry with Charlize Theron's character Cipher, and then she becomes kind of the main antagonist for a little bit. She's she sticks around at the end of this movie, so we know that we're gonna get another movie with her. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I'm excited for John Cena in the future movies. The acting in this movie was better. Yeah, um, for I, sure. I would say that the younger versions. Of John Cena and Vin Diesel are better actors than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which was off-putting to say the least. I will say, Ludacris was hilarious. Um, I love how there's a lot of stuff that like they're everyone pretty much knows they're in a movie except for these guys. Everyone knows this is about a movie except the people in the movie because they it gets brought up that if this were a movie, I would be the good guy. They're like, no, you're not. You guys are the bad guys. You just did something that bad guys always do. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Are we talking? What? <laughs> and um, then also, uh, Roman is like, we've done how many missions? We've also never get scratched. We never get hurt at all. We always walk away. We're invincible. We can't die. Yeah, this was the thing that I wanted to talk about. Roman brings this up to Ramsey's to Ramsey and Tej, and I legitimately thought, what if this movie does make them invincible? What if? What if? What if we just went with it? Because honestly, I don't know if I would hate it. Yeah, it, because, would, it would be a different kind of movie, though. <laughs> um, and on that note, when there, so there's a point where we think Vin Diesel, where Dom might sacrifice himself. He does sacrifice himself. He just doesn't bite it because of it. I was really hoping he would die. I'm like, Sa- I mean, honestly, I'm, the thing is, I'm invested in Vin Diesel. I want the series to continue. I do. I'm, in, I'm 20 movies, dude. I'm, I'll go to every single one in theaters, right? I wanted him to die just so I know it could happen. Yeah. But guess what? It and, can't. And it because can't it, happen. And because if we and because we hadn't resolved that we might be invincible aspect, I was really 
I said out loud to myself because he's doing more flashbacks and it's all about his family and growing up and meeting everybody and like becoming a part of a new family. And I really thought, please let their invincibility be because of family. Please let their invincibility be because of family. But alas, Letty just jumps after him and saves him. And the whole invincible thing is resolved in a in a conversation in a car in space where where Roman is like, maybe we aren't invincible. Maybe we are lucky this entire time. But like, if we are going to die, let's at least do it in space, I guess. Yeah, at least we've got to do it saving the world. The whole thing. I don't know, man. That was a whole lot. I'm still um, invested. I'm still in it. I, I want oh, these movies I to wanted succeed. to say I want to say one more thing before we start wrapping up is this movie also made me okay with Sean and Bow Wow coming back. They dude, they're a million times better in this movie. I, th- I I like them a lot more in this movie. I think it's because they rewrote Sean in just like a let's let him have fun kind of way. It's very because self-aware. This movie to- is very self-aware. In Tokyo Drift, he's very selfish and self-centered and the movie's about him. But when the movie's not about him, he can just have fun and that's what they let him do. Right. So if Sean is like that in future movies, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I also just like, I'm also looking at this casting list. I'm like, we can't have 20 people in every movie, guys. <laughs> we, can't. we can't. We definitely can't. But um, overall, I'm giving this, I think I'm giving this a six and a half. Um, uh, let me, let me explain that a little bit while you think, yeah. because, um, this movie is a lot of fun. The story is better than Fate of the Furious, which is why it's rated better than Fate of the Furious. There were, I know this whole franchise challenges your suspension of disbelief. This movie did make me do that a few times more than I'm comfortable with. Um, but it addresses fun. it as well. It, it addresses it, and it is fun. I was not, you know, blown away by anything. There reaches a point where I'm like, oh yeah, we're just doing more Fast and Furious. And so that's why I'm giving it a pretty neutral rating because I like it. I do like it, but it's it, it's not impressing me anymore. So that's why it's a six and a half. Gotcha. That's fair. Um, by the way, IMDb is freaking whack. Um, Yo, I'm thinking the same thing. Hobbs because- and Shaw and uh, Fate of the Furious are both rated better than this movie. Yeah. So currently it's only in its opening weekend. So maybe... Maybe it'll get better once it's like more released on like streaming services and whatnot. This movie's rated a five and a half out of ten. It is not five and a half bad guys. It, it is, is the not. It is currently rated as the worst Fast and Furious movie. That is not true by a country mile. So, uh, I and I saw when this movie got released for reviewers that it had a low rating, and I'm like, it can't well, be that yeah. bad. Oh, hey, yeah. Guess what, critics. It's not you, winning any awards. Yeah. Critics, this movie was not made for you. Yeah. This movie was made for those of us that spent a month watching 10 movies. I'm saying that if you watch 10 movies, this movie is a seven, maybe more than that. I'm giving sure, this yeah. movie a seven because I've totally watched 10 fair. movies. If this movie was not the 10th movie in a saga... Then I would say it's a six, maybe a five and a half. Probably it's it is a five and a half. I'm gonna give it a seven. 
because I put time into this and they brought characters back. They, this movie does better than almost any other movie at bringing people back, having complex plot lines of each character, complex plot lines, how they meet, what movie they get introduced. The fact that like Bow Wow is coming back in seven movies later, that's important. Nobody else does that except for movies that are based off of books. So I'm giving it a seven. It, it, it's, it's good. All right. Uh, Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Welcome back, non-movie listeners. I'm sorry we, we have a tendency to go long. It's not my fault. It's obviously Craig's. I try to wrap this up quite a few times. It's on him. So from now on, we'll be better. Also, this is our last Fast and Furious movie. So if you've been skipping every single one for the past month, <laughs> we finally have some new movies for you to watch. And I'm excited for you to join us again. I promise right. the podcast isn't always this. All right. Um, let's move on to our improv segment. I feel like it's fitting after a franchise binge watch. We are going to do some movie style. Um, the way this works is we're going to give each other, um, some prompts for movies. They have, the other person has to pitch it. And at any point, the other person can buzz in and make a correction. And then they have to continue their pitch with that in mind. Um, it's normally about a two minute pitch. I'm not going to keep hard time, but I'll let you know if you've been going on for a while. Sweet. Let's do it. All right, Alex, I I want you to make, uh, a Hallmark movie. Okay. With Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Okay. And fast and furious level action. You know, I, I'm going to knock this out of the park. Do you have a rating for this? Um, it's a Hallmark movie, so like TV fourteen. TV fourteen. Okay. No on screen sex. Nobody's no on screen like serious blood and violence. No deaths on screen. Yeah, I can make this happen. Uh, I'll also, I'll also let you pick. Who do you want his romantic interest to be? I want his romantic interest to be who's the who's the one from Sin City? Uh, Jessica so, Alba. Nope, the other one. The one that was in Seven Pounds. Rosario Darson. Rosario okay, Dawson. Rosario Darson. Dawson. Here we go. <clears throat> Movie opens up. Dwayne Johnson is a... Uh, let's go with police officer. Yeah, he's definitely a police officer. and The man he, cannot escape it. Yeah. He is shot. And he's on life support. However, um, he was also investigating um, the police department he works with for uh, corruption. So he was shot by a friendly police officer that we revealed later in the movie. He doesn't remember almost anything. Um, he's on life support for a while. His nurse is Rosario Dawson, and she is nursing him back to health. Um, turns out through a long line of, you know, long conversations about death and rocks having an existential crisis right that she actually um went to high school with him um and he was three grades older um but during the course of this movie the police officers are coming to the hospital they're trying to finish it they're trying to make sure he can't you know root out the department and rosario um after building this connection goes and gets some of her family members goes and gathers the evidence from his apartment and everything he's put together to try and not only discover what happened, 
like who shot him and who put him in this situation, but also, you know, report the um, officers for corruption. Uh, but but what Rosario Dawson finds implicates the rock. Right. Because and that only makes sense. And that's going to be around act two where she thinks that he has become a corrupt cop. He is getting framed. It's part of this whole thing. It's like that's how corrupt cops remain corrupt is everyone's got evidence on each other. On the first day, they had him commit a crime. He didn't know it was a crime. He, I think he arrested someone without probable cause, held him there for a while, and they planted stuff on him while he was bringing this person in for custody. So when they released him back to custody, they brought him back in and say, hey, we found this on him. So he's part in a planting case. So she is having a problem, believe him. And then, okay, Fast and Furious level action. Yeah, so. so Every single it- person in her family gets shot in a mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> and a mercy and a targeted hit coordinated with the police um every single person she barely walks away she ends up hiding in the hospital um they call in a bomb threat on the hospital and try to find her as the building's being evacuated are Um, okay i do have to ask are shots fired inside of the hospital obviously okay good 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 yes also all those deaths of her family um, they take place over the phone call. She, she's calling her dad. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. And it's they like, get these shot all because obviously we can't, call. we can't show this on screen. It's a Hallmark movie. Yeah. It's like a muffled gunshot on the other, on the other end of a line. Right. Be like, dad, be like, someone's outside. What? No, no. And it, obviously bop, 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 bop. Her dad. And, then we, and we get a dial tone. Yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. And then they pick up the phone be like, you're next. And then they hang up. <laughs> All right, so what's the resolution of this movie? Resolution of this movie. What ends up happening is The Rock um, ends up healing enough um, to testify uh, against these people. They've gathered the evidence. Um, Him and Rosario escape, and from a remote location, kind of broadcast their stuff. They are able to reach the FBI and and, um, what's those guys? Interpol? Not Interpol. The insider guys. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, in internal affairs. Oh, okay. And um, everyone gets arrested. They find out who killed them. Turns out it was actually Rosario Dawson's dad. And he ended up feeling bad because he's a former cop. Obviously, we didn't talk about that earlier. He feels bad. <laughs> and then he ends up helping turn in the rest of the department. And he ends up dying. And we see that uh, on a voicemail that he leaves on Rosario's phone. Wow. So And so obviously, the rock-, the rock and Rosario end up together. Uh, so it's a wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. So The Rock doesn't do any action in this movie. It's all Rosario Dawson. No, because that's what you would expect. Yeah, the Rock of course. It. But he's in the hospital the whole time. Wow. You know, well, and he, do you have a title for this movie? Um, Corrupt Love. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is definitely. I feel like this is a movie we would we would watch on the podcast. This would be a movie that we would like. This would be the movie that Dwayne Johnson's like, wow, he's really stretching his action chops. He's in a super action movie, but he's he's playing a straight actor. It's it's almost a drama. Yeah. (laughs) And then we would tear him to shreds of how bad he is. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. This movie would get shredded. (laughs) It would get demolished. Yeah. And we'd be like, and there's a lot of tropes, but, you know, it's a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Okay. What do you got for me? All right. Here's the situation. You have to do a um, rom-com. Okay. And it has to take place between two middle schoolers. Okay. 
Um, and they meet while visiting their parents who are both imprisoned. So they meet at the prison visitation. Okay. And it's going to be rated R. It's going to be rated R. Okay. All right. So we are going to take two of the kids. Obviously, one of the kids, Millie Bobby Brown. Continue. <laughs> I was, no, she, hold on. No, incorrect. <laughs> I was going to say we take two of the kids from, what was that movie called? Like Good Boys or something like that? Yeah. Um, it's Good Boys. Yeah. Yeah, we got to take two of those actors because they are—they're already used to being in R-rated movies. So um, there are these there are these two kids who um, the movie starts with us already with them already knowing each other. This is like another um, uh, they they carpool to visitations together because their their parents are locked Yo, up that's in the same so area. So lonely, dude. Want to <laughs> go visit our parents in prison? <laughs> yeah, your parents in prison? Which one? <laughs> Penitentiary down the street. Mine too. Yeah, mine too. So they <laughs> so they carpool together. Like one of their aunts drives them. Like uh, you know, on the last Friday of the month, and except uh, one day there is uh, an escape attempt during visitation. So the entire prison has to go into lockdown while everyone is there. So everybody's stuck in the visitation room, and everybody's just like trying to like keep calm and. Uh, keep their sanity through all of this and these kids start talking a little bit more uh, they and like through the stress of the situation they open up to each other and they start to get to know each other a little bit more and also one of them is coming out for the first time and the oh. other person is unsure about their sexuality and that yeah. gets explored as they're yeah. both you know so these two yeah so these two kids are both boys and uh, one of them says like, Hey, you're the, like, I haven't even told my aunt about this. I'm not comfortable talking to my parents about this, but you know, I, and in fact, it's a, it's a full crush in middle at this point, uh, at about the beginning of the, the second act, one of the, one of the kids says, Hey, I have a crush on you. And the other kid doesn't really know how to take it because he's been, he hasn't really felt emotions that strongly before in his life. Right. It, and uh, and he hasn't had that feeling towards girls or towards boys or towards anyone. So hearing this revelation amongst this high stress environment, this is this is primarily what gets explored through conversations with. Uh, uh, you said this is a rom com. Uh, where's the comedy? Uh, I was about to get to that. Okay. There is an incredibly charismatic prison guard played by Kevin Hart. Obvi. Oh obviously <laughs> and um this prison guard overhears this conversation and he's like hey um i know that this is a really high stress environment for you guys uh let so yeah there was a prison break and he has yep. to save them <laughs> yeah so the end of the second act is when the escape attempt goes through the visitation ward um we see the, we see a prisoner like sprint around the corner behind the glass and uh, guards are chasing after him. This guy, I don't, we don't know how he does it. He just does one of those like Brian O'Connor jumps through a window, but it's not a window. It's the visitation glass. Um, <laughs> and this is where we have to suspend our disbelief because it's a rom-com because we all know that those glass, that those 
that that glass is bulletproof. I think this alone. movie needs a little bit more romance. Can you put a little bit more of that in there, Craig? Yeah. So with the escape going through the pen- the visitation ward, um, uh, emotions are at an all time high with everybody in there. So these kids. Uh, uh, who pretty much only know each other in this visitation ward lean on each other. And as the emotions get scarier, they, uh, they open up to each other about their past and uh, what they're afraid of in what, what's about to come to high school. And if they know what they want to do with their futures and the pressure that their parents are putting on them for their future. And um, through these conversations, uh, the boy that did not know about his feelings, he comes to the conclusion, you know, maybe this is a product of us being in a life-threatening environment together, but we've been doing this for so long. I'm willing to take a chance with this other kid. And so as the situation reaches its peak with the escape attempt, uh, so does their emotions with each other. Uh, You know, they do a really awkward middle school kiss. Uh, The situation is resolved and everybody goes home safe. And this is not Kevin Hart. But not Kevin Hart. Kevin because Hart actually radar got... shanked. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Hart got stabbed with a plastic spork in by his one groin. of the kids' parents. <laughs> by one of the kids' parents in the groin, and that's what makes it funny. Um, uh, this movie yes. is called Eighth Grade Two, written and directed by Robert Burnham. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I wouldn't watch it, but we have a couple friends oh, who would no, love No, absolutely movie. not. Who would love this movie. All right. Well, that was the improv segment. It's um, one of those it'd be one of those movies that thinks it can do a one location movie, but it can't. Yeah, it's like the whole thing's gonna take place in a prison and they're like, We can't do this. We definitely <laughs> can't do this. Listen, we didn't want to do it this way, but we could only afford the one set we could only afford the one room and we had a weekend to shoot it. Alright. Well, that was movie style. It's a staple. It's a staple. It's a staple, it's a good one. As Speaking opposed of... to the Office Depot, which is our middle segment. Actually, our middle segment is Craig's Craigslist Connections. Dude, if you didn't do this, I was going to. No joke. At like When I was at work, I'm like, should I start building this list? But I'm glad to see that we were, we were vibing on this. So as part of Craig's Craigslist Connections, I've gone online, pulled real missed connections off of Craigslist. One, I've done three from two different cities. Three from Washington, D.C., and three from NYC. And you're kind of just going to feel it out, Craig, and see where you would fit into these people's lives and see who you would uh, hook up with. Was it part Missed of a... Connections last time as well? I, I think thought, so. I, I feel like it was like roommates or something like that, but it, I could be wrong. Missed Connections this time. That's we haven't done important. this in months. So this one is Missed Connections. So first one in Washington, D.C. The title is I Have a Ph.D., an accent and a beard. Okay. And this person posted, you are a female likes all that. And dot, dot, dot describe yourself, please. Okay. Okay. Real quick. When he says likes all that, does he mean likes all that is what in what he's described or likes all that is in the TV I think he's show referencing the title. That. I think he's uh, referencing the title. The okay. fact that he has a PhD, an accent and a beard likes okay, all but that. What if I don't like all that, but I do like all that the TV show. Do you think he would still I mean, be okay with that? Well, he only has one requirement. I mean, two requirements. One <laughs> is that you like all that. 
And the other one is that you're a female. So, unfortunately, so if you are I... either of those, <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen. Maybe if you were one of those, but definitely okay, not. Okay, that description is a little vague. I'm not sure I'd be willing to put my heart and soul into that without having a conversation with him. Th- that is not a selling point. I have okay. not been sold on him, so I will probably pass. Okay, next one for Washington, D.C. The title is Alex's Mom at the Barbershop. Okay. I saw you in a white button-down shirt and blue jean skirt at the West Bard Barbershop. I was getting my hair cut a couple chairs away when you came in to pick up your son. You are lovely, and I would like to get to know you. So what am I supposed to do here? Do I do I need to contact this person and be like, hey, sorry, I yeah. don't know Alex's hey, that mom? was my son. Hey, my son's name is Alex. You can talk to him. His name is Alex Good. I'm his mom. I would okay. love to get to know you. I was wearing a white button-down t-shirt. And blue jean shirt. Yeah, at the again, West Bard Barbershop. unfortunately, I don't know enough about this person to feel confident in us being able to build a strong relationship. Well, he thinks you're lovely and would love to get to know you. Okay, not many people think that, so it might be worth jumping on it for that in and of itself. I'm thinking so. But wait till you get so, a load of this last person. Okay, I do, so I just want to put a definitive. We will put that guy in the... Maybe pile. We will put him in the if the others don't work out pile. Okay. <laughs> the title of the last one for Washington, D.C. Looking for a sapiosexual or sapiophile. Female. Oh, isn't a sapiophile like the people? Oh, he like tells super... you. Okay, He cool. tells you. <laughs> a sapiosexual well, I to feel or sapiophile sapio. is someone who thinks that high intelligence is sexually attractive. Yeah. They are all actually sexually aroused by high level of intelligence in another person. This is a legit post. I'm respectful and polite. Just trying to understand that situation and want to chat with it with females who feel that way. If you think you're a safe field file, please write me. Thanks for reading. One, respectful and polite people don't feel the need to say that. I also like people who say this is a legit post in the middle of the post. <laughs> Two, I hope this person is not a sapiosexual, because if I were to go with this person, they would be severely disappointed. Three. Ew. (laughs) I, okay. The fact is that he is looking for someone to be attracted to. Is is this person a guy? Do they say? No, they just say that they're looking for a female. Okay. Okay. So this person is saying. I need someone to be attracted to me by sheer intelligence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I do not have any other qualifying features. Actually, and even my intelligence is arguable at best. He's also respectful. He You're or right. she is actually not going to. This person is also respectful and this person is also polite. <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. As well as sexually aroused by levels of intelligence. So, tell me, what do you really like about your partner? I like that they're respectful. I like that they're polite. And that's it. And very smart. <laughs> or and so they say. they think, I'm very smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, I'm afraid I can't make the leap on this relationship. So, best one out of Washington, D.C. What do you think? Is the second one. Alex's mom at the barbershop, huh? Well, I don't like a guy that's... So, 
we don't know if Al- what the what the marital status of Alex's mom is, right? We really don't. We really so don't so this guy could just be pining for some married woman, which I'm not a fan of. So maybe maybe it's the first one. This guy didn't offer a lot, but like in terms of like surface level depiction, PhD accent and a beard, man. Yeah, maybe that's where we have. To, yeah, maybe we. But go with you the first need one. to like all of that for this to work out. <laughs> or I just have to like this stuff more than all the other opportunities I've been given. All right, so we're going with PhD accent. Let's and go a beard. with PhD. Let's go all with right. PhD. Let's see what comes out of New York. Here we go. Looking for a dom friend slash trainer. Seeking, what is this? GWM. Do you know what that means? GWM. I'm going to add this to my search history. I think it's like. GWM. Gone Wild Male. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, uh, white. Oh, I think it's gay white man. Okay. Here we go. Gay white man seeking a guy to help me get back on track. I've restarted some former ha- bad habits over the past year, so I'd love some help with a dominant male friend slash personal trainer to help me get healthier. Uh, things like weekly meets, regular check-ins, punishments for missed goals, in parentheses put many ideas. Being tough with me if it's if I'm being a brat, up for some BB sponsorship or other pop- uh, opportunities. I think that means bodybuilding. Okay. Um, so- wait, there's a little bit more. Okay. Obviously, there will need to be boundaries, as I'm not looking to get abused, but for ideas, even a signing agreement. 42-year-old seeking athletic or muscular guys. Okay. Um, I just want to say, first of all, God, I'm sorry for Google searching GWM BDSM just in a full browser window, not even trying to go incognito. That's on me. Sorry about that. Second... Um, I cannot fulfill any of those properties. In fact, I should probably be looking into one of these posts to make for myself. <laughs> I would be more likely to be the poster than the recipient in this situation. So, listen, I respect, I genuinely respect looking for someone to help you like this. Like, getting kind of like a quid pro quo situation out of this whole thing. Dude, more power to you. Love it. I I am unfortunately the least qualified to do that vis-a-vis uh holding people accountable. So honestly, that's the that's my breaking point. Is like you're gonna be most disappointed in the fact that I have the complete lack of ability to hold people to their athletic uh goals. Because I can't do that for myself. How am I gonna do that for you? So is that a no or maybe? That's I think that's a no, unfortunately. All right, here we go. The next one. You called yourself Karen is the title. Off to a bad start. All right, here we go. Here's the description. But it wasn't your real name. We met first of all, what? We met only once and then you took off. Well, I guess it wasn't for you. If you have second thoughts and want to give it another try, I'm game if you are. That's it. Can you give that to me one more time? Title. You called yourself Karen. And then he says, or she says, but it wasn't your real name. We met only once and then you took off. Well, I guess it wasn't for you. If you have second thoughts and want to give it another try, I'm game if you are. I don't like the phrase and took off. 
<laughs> that implies with speed. <laughs> yeah, that impl- that implies shoving breadsticks into my purse. Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> so I don't know what this poster did to cause someone to take off like that. <laughs> also, my favorite thing is you called yourself Karen. For some reason, I know that's not your real name. <laughs> I've looked up every single Karen in New York City. You're not any of them. What's your real name? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's just combing through the phone book, calling every single person with the name Karen. It's not any of them. He's like, wait, is that a, is that a wrong name? We hung, out, we hung out once 17 weeks ago. I've been busy ever since trying to track you down. You called yourself Karen. <laughs> you... <laughs> So what do you think? Do you think you can fulfill their needs? I don't think I can. Man, you're um, really banking on this last one. Then. I'm really banking on the first one. Okay. So uh... I, I'm, I'm banking on Mr. Beard PhD. Oh, so we're going, we're switching cities. Yeah. New York City does not look like your place so far, huh? Uh, uh, not yet. Wait till you hear this last one. I think you fit all the descriptions. Title, you're a mature, masculine black dude, and I'm a girly white guy. Can I just say real quick, when you said you fit all the descriptions, I'm like, he's going to ask for a black person. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. We were flirting. You're about 50 to 60 years old. I think you want to dominate me, and I am willing. I barely remember your face, so it could be anyone responding to this who happens to be a masculine black man in his 50s on the down low. I'm here for you. Why do only subs post on Craigslist? Why do only subs post on Craigslist? Because doms are in high demand, bro. Because you're, you they, know? they can they can afford to be picky. <laughs> you're right. You're so again can't deliver. Um, maybe we just bookmark this one. Yeah. And um, well, it's it's this one against the OG PhD accent and a beard. No, I'm saying we bookmark this one for you. Oh, just in case in 30 years so yeah. i can be the 50 to 60 year old masculine black dude yeah because how old would this poster be like in their 70s <laughs> i don't know <laughs> who knows dude this is 30 years from now this person might be dead <laughs> so um oh but again. they're a girly white guy so they might be younger okay we okay. have no idea uh so i think again i cannot provide on this you're making me feel like the bad guy because you're just like asking you're shooting me to everybody down dude you're shooting everybody down so i'm gonna say that phd beardy is is the most likely to we're the most likely to be compatible in this situation also shortest description listen His title i have a phd accent and beard description you are female likes all that and describe yourself please Sometimes the mystery is attractive. Well, guy, uh, in Washington, D.C., drivable distance from Craig's house. Put it together. Put it together. These are all real, by the way. I probably should have said that. These are all real, and they posted these all yesterday. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, reach out. Okay. Help, Help these people. That was Craig's Craigslist Connections. That was our middle segment. We are now moving on to our one-hit wonder. This segment is never coming back, good or bad. That's the way it is. 
we are doing a segment called Hot, Hotter, Hottest. Actually, looked it up. It's Pod, Potter, Podest. Because puns. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the thing. We, this segment was one of our beta segments. When we were recording episodes and weren't putting them out, this is one of the segments that we did. Um, this, and we, this was back when we were, this was back when the podcast pun was, uh, insurmountable to the structure of a bit. <laughs> we, it was the most important part. If we couldn't come up with a good pun, the bin w- bit wasn't going to work. Yeah. So this bit is pod potter potus. The way this works, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We're going to give three objects and an adjective and we have to sort those objects by how close to that adjective it is and the thing is the adjective probably not going to be related to the objects at all yep gotta love it so gotta love it uh we could do like three or four of these send it dude you want to give me uh three things and an adjective yeah so your adjective is going to be uh tactileness i don't know if there's a better word for that like tactility sure. uh and your objects are wall yep water yep tire Ooh, i thought we were going for the third w no nope. wall water and tile tire, like oh, a car I, was, tire. I was really hoping he's gonna be tire tires top of the list okay tire is definitely the most tactile gotta love it the ridges the grip water and wall Tactile. I'm gonna go medium tactile. It's gonna be wall. There's a lot of different kinds of wall. Rock climbing walls, extremely tactile. A little specific. Could be <laughs> cement, very tactile. And I'm put water as the least tactile. That's, That's fair. Because I'm thinking like like I have popcorn walls. Mm-hmm. Very, very tactile. tactile. Very. And I so that's what I'm thinking. You probably have do you have popcorn walls or popcorn ceiling uh we have i have popcorn walls <laughs> Ooh, very tactile <laughs> um i have popcorn walls but i also have a bunch of posters hung up and i learned the hard way that popcorn walls and command strips are not a good combination big yikes so that's that's my list for that kind of thing okay give me something here you go prison kindergarten and aa meetings okay we're going to go with juicy. Kindergarten, the most juicy, obviously. Because they are most likely to have like apple juice and orange juice on the premises. Yep, makes sense. Uh what was the third one again? I'm sorry. Prison and AA meetings were your other ones. Okay, then it's AA meetings because they need something to serve everyone that's not alcohol. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> Um, most of them they, is coffee or water yeah but you uh, know pretty good introduced juice yeah and i don't then, know what it'd be like to introduce mixers to <laughs> an AA meeting. uh and then and then prison because prison based on what i've learned from orange is the new black you just get chunky milk and and toilet punch yeah <laughs> so toilet th- wine so a little bit of juice not a lot of juice yeah so that's that's where i'm going Interesting. Makes sense. Um, your, so kindergarten is the juiciest. Sounds good. Which was the worst way to say that, I'm aware. But. <laughs> okay. It's so messed up. 
Your objects are electricity, plushy animals, stuffed animals, thumbtacks, and your adjective is formidable. Thumbtacks, uh, stuffed animals, and what? Electricity. Electricity is very formidable. We have, dude, this country had an electric chair. Messed up as it's pretty as it is, it's pretty formidable. Lightning, we did not have <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, the between, worst we got between to... electric chairs and lightning, both of them pretty bad. The worst we got to tact to thumbtack chairs is you know the prank you would do on your substitute teacher. Yes. That being said, that is going to be number two. Thumbtacks. Listen, you don't. If you wouldn't give them to babies, then there's a, they're at least a little bit formidable. And I'd say the least formidable is um stuffed animals least the i'm guess the most a lot of times they're like comfort things yeah so you would gladly introduce them to people but lightning you could smother list you could definitely smother someone yeah you couldn't i wouldn't put it in a baby's crib because they might roll over and you know yikes but um i think oh so i should probably scrap the gift i got for willow yeah the smothering thing Uh, and i just got her the smothering sam eagle plush too yeah don't know why they called it that though yeah um but i would say as as a whole electricity electric chairs most things that involve shocking electrocution uh gonna be the most formidable and stuffed animals least all right give me one more here you go we're gonna do glass shards um ants and braziers Okay, I need you to remember those because I just want to say <laughs> I love how a lot of our one-hit wonders just involve us looking around our studio and being like, how can I turn this into a prompt? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said braziers, glass shards. And ants. And ants. And did you give me an adjective? No. It is going to be kinky. Um, number one is brazier because it sounds like brazzers which is an adult video website you know what braziers are right yeah b-r-a-z-i-e-r you spelled it wrong but that's okay no i didn't (laughs) um so i'm gonna go with glass shards number one because sometimes sometimes you run in internet circles that you don't mean to run in and sometimes <laughs> oh yikes and sometimes you learn a lot of people a lot of people are into sharp objects so glass shards super number one on the list number two is braziers same reason fire yep makes sense and then number three was that third one i have already forgotten ants see ants. not gonna lie i think involving ants that's gotta uh, be the kinkiest thing it's it, gotta be it but it's so niche that like <laughs> i think like, the more niche it is the more kinky the, it is sure 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 and like we it's like that super misogynistic like hot and crazy scale where like the more hot the more crazy you have to be and so, like, the more niche you are, the more kinky it has to be. Yeah. And so, like, 
And so like glass shards is probably like the most common, which is why. Oh, uh, what? Of the three you gave me. Craig, what do you think is the short version of Brazier? If you so guessed a bra, you would be correct. So are we not talking about the Brazier as in a portable barbecue? We are not. We are not. So we are the talking fact about that you said that glass shards were more sexual than a bra is a little concerning. Okay, here's no, no. Here's the thing. Because I'm looking at Brazier on Google right now. How did you, Do you spell know it? B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Correct. Yeah. That's not right. Well, clearly it is right because I got a result that has barbecues spelt the exact same way. B-R-A, on the same point, S-S-I-E-R-E. So, turns out Brazier has a homophone. <laughs> but you know what? Which is I like your answer better. We're learning today. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with my point, and I'm gonna say glass shards, brazier. Either way you put it, and then ants. Ants are the what? Bottom. Sure are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're moving on. That's the end of Pod Potter Potus and also the end of our show. Alex, do you have any encore things that you've been doing? Um, still watching Kaminsky Method. It's pretty freaking fire. Um, we watched a podcast movie that's not going to come out for a while, so I'm going to have to hopefully I remember it. It's a childhood movie. Um, super excited to talk about it. Um, Macy and I want to watch Cruella sometime soon. Still. So I want to get into yeah. that. Now that we've been to the movies, it's easier to go see movies in general. Um, it's easier to convince myself to go to the movies now that I've been twice. Quiet Place 2 is very high on the top of my list that I want to go see it so bad. Sure. Um, also, um, while in the movie, I usually, here's because I don't watch trailers. It spoils movies. So what I do is if I think I'm going to like the movie, I immediately look away. I got about 30 minutes into the new Snake Eyes G.I. Joe movie. It looks so sick. Did you mean 30 seconds? What did I say? 30 minutes? Yes. I'm like, did he? Did you get an early preview? I watched it over and over and over and over and over again. (laughs) No, and I'm also very excited for Snake Eyes. Yeah, Yeah. I want to watch that so bad. And there's a couple other movies, but that's like top of the list. But so far, not a whole lot of media being consumed, but very excited to watch some of this stuff. Yeah. Um... Like I said, like Alex said, I'm also excited for Snake Eyes, um, Black Widow. I'm so excited that for it. comes out real soon, by the way. Real soon. It, I think it comes out like a week after this episode comes out. Uh, and I've been watching stuff for the Marvel bonus episodes. But other than that, I finished season one of Zoe. And I've been listening to the audiobook for A Court of Roses and Thorns, which was recommended to us, recommended to me by... Uh, bug friend of the show mm-hmm. and i'm almost done with the first book loving it a lot uh, let me tell you hey guess what sex scenes in an audiobook are super weird if you no. thought that sex scenes in just a book was weird try having it read to you at work not a fan actually 
<laughs> Who would have thought? Um, next week we are watching Rain Man, uh, Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman joint. Um, very excited about that. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, man. I think that's yeah. Listen, I'm. If anything, I'm impressed by our audience for making it this far. We've had longer than normal podcasts. We've been talking about stuff that if you didn't like it, we were gonna fill your feed up with it for a month. Yeah. So, you know what? We're gonna be good on Vin Diesel movies for a while. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, oh. What I meant to say that next week was Rain Man. It's actually Triple X. Um, have you seen Triple X? I have not. I've not seen a single trip. I have not seen any other Vin Diesel movie except for Guardians of the Galaxy. No, Where he's Groot. Yeah, no Bloodshot, no Triple X, no. What well, he was in, a, like a Vampire Hunter movie. Oh, I haven't seen that one. But yeah, I've seen Triple um, X. Freaking! If you like Fast and Furious, man, he's. It's the same movie. I am the same. Yeah, movie. I was about to say. I remember when that new trailer, when the new one came out, and I saw the trailer, and I'm like, this seems familiar, dude. The first Triple X movie came out in 2002, which is, by the way, why he wasn't. I'm assuming Tokyo Drift is one of those things. Like, oh, he had to go do this movie. An extreme sports athlete, Xander Cage, is recruited by the government on a special mission. Oh, so you left a series to do the same thing. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yes. Well, I think what happened was he probably left. He probably left and he did this movie and he's like, you know. I kind of yeah, like this I'll action some more stuff. Of this. <laughs> pulls ju- pulls Justin Lin aside and be like, "Hey, I ha- let's. I have an idea." But yeah, enough about Vin Diesel. Okay, you're not going to hear about him for a while. So, happy birthday! We yeah. did it for you. Thank you very much for joining us on this Fast and Furious adventure. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle, and I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.